You're listening to the Creative Business Success Podcast, where we translate left brain business jargon and strategies for right brain creatives like you. Our mission is to help you transform from starving artist to thriving creative and create a business and career you love without the overwhelming confusion. Hey, I'm Jen, the creative business strategist behind the Creative Entrepreneurs Lab, and I am honored to be your guide through this sometimes crazy creative business maze. You can be a thriving creative entrepreneur, and this podcast is here to help you along the way. Today, I'm talking with the amazing Britt and Kelsey from Launch Your Daydream, where they provide branding and web design for photographers. These ladies are pros at helping creative entrepreneurs like you master your branding and stand out in a crowded market. After they spoke at the Accelerate Your Creative Biz Summit, I knew this dynamic duo would be perfect for the podcast, too. I can't wait to dive into branding with them, so let's get started. Take it away, Kelsey. Hi, we are Britt and Kelsey of Launch Your Daydream, and at Launch Your Daydream, we design brands and websites for photographers. We have also worked with a wide variety of creative entrepreneurs on the side as well. And today, we're really excited to help you with how to get out of the dreaded comparison trap as a creative business owner. I know this happens with a lot of us where we sometimes catch ourselves scrolling Instagram and just kind of beating ourselves up about the fact that our industry is saturated and how the heck are we going to stand out because everybody else out there is doing the same thing. But we're here to assure you that your business is unique because you are unique and you are your business and you're the only one of you out there. So we're going to help you figure out how to identify what those things are that make you stand out and how you can communicate them to your dream audience in the best way. But before we do that, we'd love to share a little bit more about ourselves and our story, how we started doing what we do. Yes. So from that perspective, Kelsey and I actually met over a Facebook group. It was a couple years ago. We both lived, um, still live in separate locations. We actually currently manage Launcher Daydream virtually. I'm just outside of Cleveland, Ohio, and Kelsey is in Williamsburg, Virginia. And we actually met in a Facebook group, the Rising Tide Society, years ago. I think they only had about 200 people in the group at the time. And yeah, it's crazy. You know, at the time, I actually posted in the group with encouragement from uh, my friend Megan because I was so scared. I'm I'm introverted, so I was so nervous to just kind of like, throw myself out there. But I put a post out there to just see if anybody would be able to help me essentially brand my website design business. And so Kelsey actually messaged me and we just had a really good connection from the start and we started talking and it eventually led to Kelsey branding my website design business. And then I ended up making the website for her branding business. So it just like, it worked out really well to kind of, you know, use our strengths. And, you know, essentially we were, we were fully transparent with each other saying, Hey, I'm just getting started. You're just getting started. Let's just see how this works. And so it worked out really, really well. We we launched, you know, both of our businesses. Kelsey was actually going through a rebrand at the time and we launched them both. And we ended up actually collaborating with each other after that with our mutual clients, because the people who would work with Kelsey were very similar to the audience that would work with me, creative entrepreneurs that were, you know, looking to take their business to the next level with their brand and or their website. And that's what we ended up discovering is that my website clients needed a brand first and her branding clients needed a website after they were done working with her. So um, we ended up kind of collaborating together on that in our separate businesses. And then we actually came together and we were like, Hey, why don't we start? Maybe we start putting together packages that if somebody wants to work with both of us from the get go, they can do that. That'd be really, really like a, a great client experience for them. So we did that. That worked out really well for a probably a little over a year, maybe almost a year and a half. And then we're like, what are we doing here? Like, why don't we just 
meanwhile, we never met in person at this point. Um, so we're like, why don't we just come together and like as one business, we're talking to the same audience where we have all these mutual clients. And then we ended up realizing at the end of the year that our favorite projects were the ones that we worked on together. They were just, they were the best output. They were the best, you know, experience for both of us and for our clients. So we ended up coming up with Launcher Daydream after all of that. And our spouses, I think probably thought we were a little crazy of like, Hey, let's start this business with this girl I've never met before. But you know, they, they hung with us. And so, so here we are. And, um, almost two years, two years, right? Kels? Two mm -hmm. years later, feels like almost three because we had Launcher Daydream kind of in our back pocket for so long, but you know, essentially collaborating for another year and a half for that. And, you know, we started to realize as we went through this process for Launcher Daydream of just how saturated markets are across the board, whether you're a photographer, whether you're an artist, whether you're, you know, any sort of creative, even designers for us, you know, like our quote unquote competition, it's very saturated across the board. People, you know, are very kind of in this mindset of wanting to manage their life and wanting to manage their business. They don't want a boss. They don't want somebody telling them what they need to do. They want to use this creative element that they have and this talent that they have to to kind of manage their day to day. So like Kelsey said today, what we want to do is talk to everybody a little bit about what kind of starting with what branding is, um, you know, some of those elements of branding and, you know, establishing what does set you apart from your competition. So you don't get hung up on Instagram. You don't get hung up on Pinterest or on Facebook or kind of in those dreaded scrolls of like, I'm just not good enough because I'm not booking because we're, we, we go through that too. And it's very easy to fall into that trap. But when you kind of force yourself to take a step back and look at some of these things that we're going to be talking about today, it does help. And, you know, we're kind of proof of that. We, like I said, we fall into that ourselves. And when we do hold each other accountable to take a step back and to think about some of these things we're going to be talking about today, it ends up coming full circle. And then, you know, then you just get hit with a whole bunch of clients and things get really crazy, really fast. So <laughs> So yeah, we're excited to talk about all of that today, you know, just to help you guys feel more comfortable and feel, you know, more confident in your business as a creative entrepreneur. So what would be the first thing that folks should know about branding? So what we like to bring to everyone's attention is that there are a lot of integral parts that make up a brand. A lot of people have the misconception that it's just the aesthetics, that if you have a logo and a website, you have a brand, but that's not true. And so we like to really help our clients and anyone else that we educate understand all the pieces that make up a successful brand. And so we actually created what we call the brand pizza because we love pizza and we're always hungry. So we thought it would be the perfect way to kind of make it a little bit easier to just grasp. So we have created these eight slices of the brand pizza and together each of those slices make up branding. So we've got your brand foundation is the first slice and that's what we're going to dive into today. Then your dream client persona, your visual identity. So that is where your logo and color palette and stuff come into play. Your cohesive voice. So the way that you're communicating on all of these touch points for your clients, your web presence. So your website, social media presence, of course, you and your relationships are actually a, a slice of the brand pizza. It's really important and internal processes. So some of the behind the scenes stuff is actually just as important as the stuff that your clients do see front and center. But we just wanted to kind of take a step back and show everybody that, you know, a brand 
brand is all of these things. It's this whole experience that you create for your clients when you have all of these things working together, just so that you can kind of understand that today we're just diving into this one tiny piece of it. And while it's a very important piece, we want you to understand that, you know, there's more work to be done, but it's always great to start with that first slice, your brand foundation. And so some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today is part of that slice. It's stuff that we work through with our clients when they want to rebrand or, you know, get a new website design with us. We first make sure that we step back and establish this foundation so that everything can kind of follow through and be serving the same purpose. And a little, uh, little fun fact about the brand pizza. We actually, when we were coming up with it, we were, I think it was the Chicago airport. We were in the airport and we, we initially had seven pieces of the pizza. And then Kelsey said, wait a minute, a large pizza is actually eight slices. We got to divide these up. So, uh, so yeah, we ended up doing that. And it just like, it, it just makes things so much easier to understand. And, you know, there's so much information out there right now. You know, if you were to go into Pinterest and put branding for creatives, I mean, you would just get thousands upon thousands upon thousands of things. There's so much out there. So what we wanted to do is just make this super simple for, for not only our clients, but just for people to understand that, you know, all of these educational things that are out there, they end up falling into one of these slices. So discussing the the brand foundation today, and you know, and some really important elements of that, when it comes to the brand foundation, a lot of the things that we see, um, one of the things that Kelsey and I do are brand and website audits for photographers. And like, like Kelsey said, when we do those, we do take a step back. And before we do anything, we actually have them fill out a questionnaire that helps them to establish some of these foundational things if they don't already have it today, or they put in there what they have. And then what we do is we express back to them, Hey, think about some of these, you know, specifics. And one of the most common opportunities that we see across the board with creatives is not establishing a unique niche and not specializing down. So an example of that, let's say for photographers is, you know, sometimes we'll get those questionnaires back and it's, you know, I'm a family photographer, a wedding photographer, a newborn photographer, a pet photographer, a travel photographer, an event photographer, a like just a list. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, so that's like immediate kind of red flag to us of like, okay, now let's take a step back. If you were to get an inquiry today, like today, if you were to get an inquiry and they, and it was your dream inquiry, like you get it and you open your email and you just do a happy dance because you're so excited that this specific person or type of photography reached out to you? What is it? And usually like 99% of the time we get an immediate answer. So we're like, okay, do you have that same feeling when somebody reaches out to you for corporate event photography? And they're like, no, we're like, then why are you doing it? You know, it's it's so obvious to us just because we do it day in, day out. But, you know, it, it really forces you to take a step back and think about your unique niche and think about what, what does set you apart? Can you be the go-to person for this specific type of specialty? You know, and we keep referring back to photographers just because that's, that's who Kelsey and I primarily work with. But, you know, from that perspective, can you be the go-to newborn photographer in Columbia? Columbus, Ohio? Can you be the go-to family photographer? So that way, when, when somebody needs those services and somebody hears, Hey, I I'm looking for pictures of my newborn. Immediately you come to their minds immediately. Like, you know, those photos, it's easy for people to just kind of react and say, Oh my gosh, you have to reach out to this photographer because they do specialize in these kinds of things. So figuring out your niche is really, really important. So thinking about What are those dream projects? Or if you haven't had them yet, what would you love to try to get into? And figuring out, you know, some of those answers to those questions of like, okay, maybe 
if you are making an income on your business today, where do those income levels lie? Like, is it 80% this, 20% this, or 30, 30, 40, whatever that looks like. And then take a step back and figure out what are those dream projects that you would love to get into and, and starting to communicate that with your clients. So taking some information like that, and once you start to figure out what your unique niche is and who your ideal client is, all of those wonderful details, that's great to know. But if you don't communicate that on your website and you don't communicate that when you're talking on social media, you don't communicate that when you send out your newsletter, make sure that people feel like you're talking directly them. If you don't feel like you're doing that, that's a red flag. Yeah. And I'd also love to just jump in and say that, like, I know that we hear a lot of fears around niching down because people are afraid that if you're, you know, say again, with the photographer example, if you're offering like family and wedding photography, well, if I just start saying that I'm a wedding photographer, I'm losing all of this business with potential family photography. And we understand that because we've been there, but I just want to assure you that the reality is you're actually opening your arms to more wedding clients. Instead of thinking of it as pushing away family clients, you're instead welcoming in more wedding clients because if a bride is out there and she's, you know, narrowed it down to two photographers and one of them has this really specific wedding niche and the other is also does like maternity and family and stuff, it's not going to speak to her as much. She's going to say, this person is an expert at wedding photography, so I'm going to go with them. And we kind of had that light bulb moment when we were on the other side of it, hiring out some experts for our business. We wanted to um, hire a Pinterest manager at one point. We had a list of people. We were looking at all these websites and a lot of them had like so many services on there. Okay. They do, they do Pinterest strategy, but they also do like virtual assisting and some even did design work and it was a little overwhelming. So we thought, how can you be an expert at Pinterest strategy when you're also doing all these other things? So we ended up hiring someone who all they do is Pinterest strategy because we were like, oh, she must know what she's talking about if that's all she does. So just to assure you, if you're scared of the niching down idea. And and with that being said, you can do it in pieces. Like we um, started just saying that we worked with creative business owners and then we niched down to wedding pros and photographers. And then a while later, we niched down to photographers. So you don't have to like jump from one extreme to the other. It's a process and you'll figure it out as you go. It takes some trial and error, but it helps to, you know, try to start narrowing down as soon as you can. Okay, I know that running a creative business can feel like juggling china plates. That one stop spinning, the rest will crash down too. Want to know a secret? Stop juggling the plates and let someone else take them. My someone else is Dubsado. It's my secret weapon in business and it can be yours too. You can use it to create contracts, questionnaires, proposals, inquiry forms, and so much more. The best part is that by letting Dubsado do the emailing and pre-filling on your forms, you'll get back hours of your time. Want to get a free trial with no time limit and see how much time you can save? Just go to the celab.com slash Dubsado and sign up today. So for photographers and designers, I found they tend to have a lot easier time niching down. Yes. When I talk with my artists and makers, they tend to have a harder time. And a lot of the time what I find is that when I'm talking with them or they talk with another business friend and they start actually talking through the things that they really like to paint or make and things like that, that's when they figure out, it's like, I have one particular artist, I'm trying to get her to niche down. She's like, well, I just, I can paint for anybody and my paintings are emotional, but she can't figure out how to market to them. Is there any specific questions you guys would suggest folks ask or have a friend ask them in order to figure that kind of thing out if they're more broad? Yeah. So my little sister is actually an artist and I would try to drill into her head over and over and over again. I'm like, Emily, you have to niche down. You have to niche down. And she's like, but 
I'm just trying to make money. Like I just, I'm just trying to make money or, and I'm like, well, you just have to like, I think some of where the magic started to happen and her mindset started to shift was when she started associating her time with the money too. So mm-hmm. like when she had these clients that she was working with that she's like, oh my gosh, this one, like it's such a pain in the butt. And like as much as she loved being an artist and being, you know, in those creative moments, you know, it wasn't her ideal client. So then, you know, what I told her is, Hey, look at, you know, I know one of the people, it's a stationary designer that, that Kelsey and I have worked with in the past. And I said, Hey, when you do the work for her, how is that different? And she's like, Oh my gosh, she's so sweet. And she's so responsive to emails and she's so nice. And she values my work. And then the actual subject that she's doing is more exciting for her. It's more creative. It's just more kind of up her alley where this one, she booked it from some, it was a random person on Upwork. And so mm-hmm. they were just kind of looking for the cheapest option yeah. at that point, you know? So I would say, you know, it's hard to define who your ideal client is, but what she ended up doing is she ended up finding that when I would ask her questions, I mean, it's probably, probably because I'm her sister, but it would just go kind of in one ear out the other. But I would start asking her what her favorite projects were and why those were her favorite projects. And a lot of those ended up being because they were personal projects to her. Like they meant a lot to her. So whether it was because of, portion of the proceeds was being donated to an organization she liked or because the subject of what she was doing like you know she's a, she's a big gamer too so she was like oh my gosh I love these gamer things or she did like a, a real life thing of uh, Jim and Pam from the office and so like her doing that she's like oh my gosh like and people reacted to it and I think she really loved that aspect of it too so I would say you know get creative play around. And also, you know, from an artist perspective, it you really are starting here. And like, it's so hard to niche down, but she's finally found her ideal clientele. And it's this gamer world that she loves to do herself. But then she also gets, you know, she gets some commissions from it. And she absolutely loves doing it because she has the knowledge behind it too. So um, it's just been exciting from a big sister perspective to watch that, to watch it unravel. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Um, I would also say that I think a difference there is maybe when you're more of like the makers who maybe just make stuff and then sell it rather than I still feel like although Emily's an artist, hers is still kind of acting like a service. So there is a difference between like the service providers and the like product providers. And I would say maybe the difference there is that when you niche down, it's less about the type of person that the product is for and more so maybe like getting really specific about what your product is and what purpose it serves. So rather than, you know, with we help our photographers niche down to like, what type of photography do you do and who do you do it for? But instead, maybe for these makers and, you know, people who have product shops and stuff, get really specific about descriptive words for your art. Like you mentioned, Jen, I think you used the word like, oh, my, my paintings are really emotional. Like use words that get really specific about the type of work and then maybe like, yeah, what purpose does it serve? So if this is in your home, what is it doing for for your home or if, if this is you know a functional product what is it doing for your life like things that maybe describe more of the experience of the actual thing you're trying to sell that people might search for like what are people looking for when they're looking for artwork or you know whatever your type of product is whether it's you know jewelry or pottery whatever it may be I think the idea of a niche is going to look a little bit different to those makers versus the service providers we usually work with. That's a really good point. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. I think that'll help a lot of folks. Good. So yeah, moving on, niche is the is a big one that, you know, we we see a lot on those audits that we do. But moving forward is just kind of helping um, these creative entrepreneurs figure out other things that 
make you different and stand out. So of course, niche is one of those, but there's so much more about like you as the business owner behind the business. And we want to help you come up with some ways to really dig those out of yourself. Because I know it can be hard to, to look at yourself and go, okay, what makes me different? But like I said at the beginning, we promise that you are different because you're a human being and you're unique. And um, as, as especially as creative entrepreneurs, I mean, you are such a big part of your business that it's important to make sure that your personality shines through in your brand and people are going to connect with you as the creative and that's what's going to help them make that final decision. So we call these differentiators the things that, you know, set you apart and make you different from your competition and other people in those saturated markets. We understand that no matter how specific you get with your niche, there's still going to be other people out there doing something similar. So this is where we really highlight what it is about you that makes you different. And so um, we like to encourage to try to come up with like three to five things. And there's a few different areas you can think about these in. So you can think about your background and experience as a creative. So like, how long have you been doing this? What was your journey to get there? And like, what kind of, you know, have you, have you had training or, um, I always like to use the examples. I think it's really cool on both ends of the spectrum. When we see photographers who have like known they wanted to do this since childhood and like got a degree in it. But I also think it's really cool when we see someone who was like, I wanted to be a marine biologist and I, you know, I had a biology degree and now I'm a photographer. I want to hear about that journey because I think it's really cool. So maybe, you know, sit down and journal a little bit, write out your story and your journey and highlight parts that kind of stand out or are unique. And then also think about your personality. So especially for those service providers, but but even if you're a maker and you don't really like connect with your customers one-on-one, I think you can still really make that connection through your shop and things like that. And I'd be way more like, you know, wanting to purchase from a shop if I felt this connection with the artist. So just think about your personality. Again, things about your story that that help you stand out. And then um, we, we also like to highlight when it comes to service providers. But again, I think this could even be reflected with products and things like that. Are your clients or customers pain points? So what does the thing that you offer, what kind of problem is it helping solve for your clients or customers? And um, this is going to be like a unique problem that only you can help solve. And And so if you can figure that out, that's something that we really emphasize in brand messaging and, you know, everything that you're communicating on on your website and in your social media and your emails and things like that. And so I know this is a lot to just put out there and say, figure out what's different about your personality and, and things like that. But we do recommend that if you're stuck with that and something like journaling doesn't help you, reach out to some of your friends, reach out to um, some like business connections who know you well, and reach out to past customers and clients. If you have really good relationships with some of those people that you loved working with in the past, ask them. You'd be surprised like how they'd be willing to help. Just say like, you know, what was, what kind of stood out to you about my process or what made you choose me? Things like that. And that'll really help you um, identify some of the things that make you stand out to that clientele. And I think too, um, to kind of add to that from, you know, whether it's your personality, whether it's your background, you know, whatever that looks like, even makers and people who maybe don't feel like that they provide like a service to people, right? There, there's still ways to go about adding some things to the client experience that will set you apart. So like, for example, I, I bought from um, an Etsy shop owner. I just bought these two little candles that I thought were really, really cute. And I bought those last year at, you know, around the holiday season, I was 
received a card from them in the mail that was just like, it was super short, super sweet, but it was just like, hey, Britt, you know, this is, I forget her name now, from, you know, from this shop. And, you know, here's, we just wanted to check in and wish you a happy holidays and we hope you're enjoying your two candles. And so what did I do? I went back on to, I logged into Etsy, like right as I opened everything, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go back into this Etsy shop. And I went back in there and I left her feedback because I had forgotten to leave her feedback and she didn't even ask for it, but I forgot to leave her feedback before. And then I went in and I purchased more stuff because because that's how, that's how I roll. But now when I search for that specific, like when I know we're running out of, you know, candles downstairs, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got it. I got to order from her. She's like been my, like now she's top of mind if ever we, you know, we look for things like that. So there's ways and means to enhance your client experience, even if you don't feel like maybe you have that, you know, one-to-one connection with your client, if they are, you know, purchasing something from you and that's really it. But even warming up some things like your emails, warming up, you know, the, you don't have to have just the templated email that's sent to them when something happens, put your own personal voice to it, put your personal touch on it. And people will remember that. I think it goes such a long way. And that is a differentiator. That is something you can bring into your client experience and put yourself in their shoes. What would you like that experience to be like for you? And what would you, what would you not accept to have happen? And it usually ends up kind of coming full circle and helping realize what your strengths are and going back into that story and going back into your personality, it kind of all comes full circle. So yeah, that's what we would encourage you to do. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's a really great point with non-service providers is that even if you're not interacting directly, like the client experience is really where you can shine. And I love that they sent a separate card because that's something a lot of folks don't do. You'll send it with a package But then you're opening up the package and you set the card aside and then it ends up in the recycling. And so you don't think about it. And just by sending that little extra thing, not only did they get the feedback, they got more sales and you're now a dedicated customer. And that's, that's great branding because then you're going to go tell other people too. Exactly. Yeah. If somebody ever asked for these, like they're these, um, these funky candles and there's like, like the one I got was like garlic bread and like something else. They were like, so out of the box and hilarious. That like now, like, you know, if somebody's like, oh, I need a new candle. Like I tell them about this. It's just like, it's just in, like, I react. I'm just, oh my gosh, I got to tell you yeah. about this one. You know, so it's like, you know, stuff like that. It really, it goes a long way. And people, people want that personal touch. They want that experience more so than just like, whop, just, you know, purchasing something, getting it in the mail and that's it. You can get that going to Amazon. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that that's, that's huge. And they're going to see a part of your personality. They're going to see that that means more to you than just them purchasing something and then they're on their way. Exactly. I will thank you guys so much for sharing all this. I know this is going to change a lot of people's businesses because I hope so. so. Branding is something that so many people struggle with and Mm -hmm. just being able to have a few simple steps to get started. And if you're a solo service provider, go grab a friend and work through all this together, have them listen to the podcast, and then have a little exercise together to work through both your different branding and just change your business with it. Before we wrap up, if you guys could share where everybody can find you online and if there's any like little graphics of the brand pizza or anything like that, that people should look at and be happy to link to that in the show notes too. Yeah, of course. Our website is launchyourdaydream.com. Uh, we are launch your daydream on Instagram. And we also have a Facebook group. Um, it's primarily for photographers, but um, we, you know, we do share a lot of general branding information in there. I mean, like you noticed today, it's pretty much all the same advice across the board. Just a lot of our content is specific to photographers, but we do have a freebie on our website called WTF is branding. And uh, that walks through the, the brand pizza in there. <laughs> 
Perfect. We will make sure to link to that in the show notes then. All right. Thank you guys again for coming on here. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see how everybody likes the episode. Thanks so much, Jen. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to the Creative Business Success Podcast. I hope you got some great takeaways from this episode. And if you want some accountability to help you follow through on those takeaways, you should join us over in our Facebook group called The Lab for Creative Entrepreneurs. I'd love to see you in there and hear what your biggest aha moment was. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and make sure to leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. It helps other creatives discover the podcast and learn along with you. Until next time.